We like to say the Holy Spirit just whispered in our ears to all watching from Trinidad, from Tobago, from Barbados, and from Guyana, those four countries overseas. We welcome you to the Apostles' House. So we like at this time to call forth the angel of the house, the woman of God, the teacher, the preacher, Apostle Suzanne Howard. Come on, didn't she do well? Oh, go ahead, Khabibi. She had to pick it up after praise and worship got it hot in the water. They stared the water, did they not? Did anyone feel anything in their physical body? You did? I felt like a wave just come up over me. Like I felt myself like dancing different. I just felt like a wave just come right up over me. That was amazing. Are they back in the room yet? God bless you. Come on, let's all just shout amen and clap our hands for the ministry of the praise team. Come on, how about those musicians? Oh my God. They got us on all this pandemic COVID hours. We can't have rehearsals and all that kind of stuff and trying to get as many people as we can into the building safely. And um, I say that to say that these musicians don't have as much time probably to be in rehearsals and everything, but you couldn't tell on Sunday morning, right? How God just pulls it all together and it's all in sync together. We ought to be grateful. It's some prophets in the land, y'all, that are prophesizing church in the building is over. They're prophesying this. And they're prophesying that churches should be turned into vaccination centers. Oh yeah, and these are prophets. So when we come in here, we gotta come into his gates and into his courts. How we do it? Thanksgiving and praise, absolutely. The devil is a liar. And his false prophets can go with him too. I was listening to, y'all can take your seats, thank you so much. I was listening to the um, teaching that we're doing. I'm listening to one of the um, Jewish teachers and um, he was talking and he wasn't talking about anything on purpose, current information. And all of a sudden he was talking and he shared, he said, you know, God has always provided a place for his people. And I stopped what I was doing and I listened. He said, we all agree that the body of believers is the church, but God has always provided a building for his church. I'll lean back for a minute. I said, that's the word right there to counteract that prophetic word that is going forth. He said, you can read four different chapters in the book of Ezekiel. God has always provided a church for his people, a building for his church. Amen. And that's the job of the pastor. The evangelist has to have somewhere to bring them so that the teacher and the pastor, the pastor domesticates them, teaches them church life, amen, and the teacher indoctrinates them to make sure that they are the fruit of God's spirit, amen. Oh my God, I'm still burning up in my spirit from that because that's dangerous, especially for people who are searching for God. And I don't know if y'all remember, but when you're kind of on a quest for the things of the spirit, you run into a lot of other spiritual things. And we have to be very careful what voice we're hearing until we know our shepherd's voice. And I'm, I really, I don't know if I wanna meet with these guys or not, but I don't know, something just got to be done because I, I, I'm not hearing that from God. Is anybody else hearing that from God? I haven't heard that from God. 
that there's not going to be a church. And these are the same people that are believing that um, we're never going to be out of mass. And there's going to be another virus and another virus after this. And, and, and that may be all well and good. And we, we owe the ground some time. Amen. Amen. But we had the Passover already. And the death then came forth. And the offering has gone up. I just don't feel from my God right now that we're in a wave. And I believe there's going to be another wave of another kind. But I don't believe this is the wave to take us out and to get rid of the building where the church is to meet. And to turn the building, not into educational centers for the word of God, not into some men's centers, not into some um, schools for children, vaccination centers. And had a nerve to say we should lease them out for vaccination centers. Oh, that has to be it. That has to be it. Because I, I, well, one of them I know. And I, I consider myself respecting what he has said and, and to some degree what he has shared. But I, I just can't get over this. It's, it's in my spirit. Like, I have a problem with this. And that's the things we've learned that we should have a problem with as apostolic and apostles. Amen? We should have a problem when anyone, even if they come dressed like us, looking like us, and sounding like us, saying that the church building is done. I'm like, we've got people telling us off because they can't get in the building. But you're hearing that the building ain't necessary no more? Do you know what happens when people have church at home by themselves forever? We hear our own God. We follow our own laws. We make our own doctrines. We have nobody to proof text. We have no line upon line, precept upon precept. We, we crazy. Leave me home to my own demise. God helped a child. No way. Uh, we can't. We got to be praying, y'all. We got to be very prayerful. Very, very prayerful, especially at this time. Um, did anyone get the book yet? Um, Quit Your Job or Die? Uh-oh, hands are up. I got mine the other day, too. Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying not to read it, but I opened up the first three pages. I got three books that I'm already reading at the same time. And um, he just went right in. He just went right in. So I was going to go ahead and recommend the second one today, but I'll give you all another week. <laughs> Dr. Miles Monroe said he read a book a week. I said, I'm going to get to that point, and I've gotten to that point. And you know what helps? Because the other book that I have to recommend to you all that goes along with this teaching series that we're on, um, it has audio version. So exactly. So while I was washing clothes and cleaning the house, I had it in all the little Alexas and all the rooms so I could catch the book as it was being read to me. And then I was at the same time trying to put down the one that quit your job and die and listen to his, his other one. I'm like, this is this going to do something in me. I hope it does something in y'all. This is going to do something in me. Because what God wants to do economically, the way we're doing it is not enough. It is not enough. It's not. Let me let me go into this, and then um, we won't be. I don't think this part of today's segment is long, but Minister Mike is waiting for his copy to come because I want to go in and uh, start the discussion on on the the book. It's, we got to do. It. How many entrepreneurs I have in here? How many people want to quit their job? Go do 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 do. Where Ebony I'm at? Whoa! We need another whoa up in this room today. <laughs> Uh-huh. What, what do you have in your hand? 
What do you have in your hand? What is it that you have that someone can find some purpose with? Remember, during seasons and times like this, this was when creative people get creative. This was when creatives become very creative. This is the time. I was listening to a young guy yesterday. He was on um, the Steve Bottle show, and I thought the way he was moving, he looked like he was maybe in a wheelchair, like maybe even paralyzed. And he was from the hood. He said the projects, in fact, to the point now he's done so many successful things, they named his projects after him now. And not in Hartford, not in Connecticut. And he said every year he, he um, hosts this 5K run and he raises money for all these different organizations. Well, when the pandemic hit, he said, that's it, nobody's running any 5K. And guess what happened? He got creative. He said, we're gonna do a 5K online. People are gonna jump on treadmills and ellipticals or run wherever they can run, and we're gonna be on virtually together. He said, because he got creative, He's had more people on than any year prior at a time when no one was, could be out in groups. He said he had people in different countries. I forget how many countries he had that ran in this race. And he raised more money than he's ever raised for these organizations than any year prior. Sometimes crunches like this can cause us to have to be creative. You ever remember, anybody come from a family that was pr pretty poor? Uh-huh. Didn't our parents do some creative things to make things happen? I used to look at, my mother would cut a sponge right in half. Now you got two. And I'd be like, why are you cutting a sponge? She's like, you need to cut again? She would just come up with things like, just, how about when they start making their own lotion? Adding the cheap stuff to the expensive stuff so it can double out and be some good stuff. They got creative during times when you didn't have money and things to access it. You see how these seasons can push you into a place where you may have to think? Let me, let me, let me share something with you today. It's, it's going to be at the part where I close, which is not far down in this teaching anyway. But it's so powerful. Anybody else getting anything from this? That's what I need to know. I need to make sure that I'm preaching to the right audience. Amen? Remember that if we're working more than 35 hours a week in our own business, we are acting as an employee of our own business instead of the business owner. And I went to the Lord. I said, I'm working way more than that. So how does this apply to me? Immediately, he showed me how to fix the way I work so that I can work less hours. The purpose of owning your own business is to have more family time. Not to get another job, not to find another stream of income, because you know there's this thing out there right now, you have multiple streams of income. Not if they're causing you to be multiply busy. You might as well get a job and get a paycheck and just punch out after you're 40 and K said I said I. Anybody know Doris Day? <laughs> what is it that you do Monday through Friday? What kind of service do you provide? Are you a small business owner? Are you a small business thinker? Are you an employee running a small business that you created? Think about how you're running your business. We have taken our minds and the minds of our children away from an entrepreneur mindset. 
This author, Josh Toley, teaches that if you're working more than 35 hours a week in your own business, you are doing it wrong. You are not working business correctly. Money is important, but money is supposed to serve us. We do not serve money. When we find ourselves serving money, in the question that we have this title as, master or slave, servant or laborer, you will easily be able to find yourself more defined in the Bible as a slave than a master. It's kind of like jack of all trades, master of nothing. You just do a little bit of everything to get a little hustle. Do we hustle? Why, why we don't hustle? What does it mean to hustle? Y'all turning pages. I like to hear that. What does it mean to hustle? Mm-hmm. You know who had to hustle until they realized how to make it? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had to hustle. And I'm going to explain that a little bit better for you. Adam and Eve was cursed, right? And they were cursed. Well, definitely Adam was cursed with tilling the ground. So everybody thinks that we're not supposed to work at all. And according to the... Um, the rabbis of the text, because you know they're the, the minds over the Old Testament, they said it's not that you work, it's how you work. It's not that you work, it's how you work. And the curse that came because of what was done was that you will work to the sweat of your brow. That's the curse. So if you are under a curse, you are operating as a slave. Are we under a curse anymore? Where who took care of the curse? Oh, y'all heard him? I almost said this morning when Ebony was, I said, please don't say his name again. I can't take no more. My body's done. The, the spirit is willing, but the legs don't want to move no more. And Ebony, what's his name? I said, please don't say it again. Come on, what's his name? Please don't say it again. Woo, <laughs> God, they messed us up this morning. I don't know what y'all had in them Wheaties, but please eat them again the next time y'all up here. Thank you, Jesus. We have to get the most yield out of our work. So we have to be honest with ourselves. Are we doing something that's worth $20 an hour? Because if you are really doing a job that someone has branded or coined that's only worth $20 an hour, it's pretty hard to expect to save money on $20 an hour. So you really cannot produce a fruit. You cannot yield a fruit from $20 an hour. Even farmers know that. And we think farmers are broke. Farmers are far from broke. Do you understand that even in farming, it is taught to us agriculturally through the Bible that throwing seed on terrible ground versus fertile soil can still produce one stalk. What do you have in your hand? Slave versus servant. We've been programmed since we left kindergarten due to an industrial revolution. Y'all know about the industrial re revolution? Where, the, where were the manufacturing state at? Where was that city at? Somebody knows a little economics. Absolutely. Detroit was known for it. What does Detroit look like now? How come? Uh-huh, because the manufacturers took off. Where'd they go? Ah, China, number one. They took off and went to China. Money that belonged to Americans was taken off to a whole nother country named China. Anybody have an idea why China? 
I mean, why didn't it go to Haiti? People need to work in Haiti. It's cheap labor in Haiti too. Technology, what about it? Okay, let's go a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Y'all thinking like business people. Now let me help you think a little bit like crooked business people. <laughs> if I'm the man in charge and China and I got a thing going on, I bring the American dollar to the Chinese people because I got a thing going on with China. So that's why I skip Haiti and I skip other African countries that would work for a small labor because I have a relationship with the country that now I get to make some, some, um, some power moves on who gets what. That's why you vote for presidents that you vote for. Because you have to know their agenda. So let's just say, not, not, not so much our level. Let's say the business level, the corporate level. That's what this election was about also. It was really about corporations, the big guys. But they made us fight about race. They always throw us a bone and get us caught up on fighting over a bone and, and, and they, 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 they just, amen. So with this here, if I get into office, I can give all my power people the positions that I need them to have so they can eat. And then the people that they are in position with, they give them all the opportunities so that they can eat. And then the third guy, all these moves happen, not because I care for the people, I'm sorry. And this one right now, I can't even remember the people, so I don't even know. <laughs> the other one hated the people, this one don't remember the people. I mean, it's not for the people. This is about power moves. So immediately, when manufacturing left because the president prior to Trump wasn't in cahoots with, with Detroit or China, so the money stayed in America. Because if we don't have a enemy, but we have a common ally, we'll just let the money stay there, let it keep building America. Then when Mr. Trump comes in, he's into America, period. He don't care who you are, what you is, could care less. He cares for America. So he wants to help all his American buddy pockets. So his whole goal, if you remember part of his corporate agenda, was to get the manufacturing business back on track again. He promised them jobs. He promised he would tax China so bad, China would literally reject our business so that it will have to happen in America again. Well, the up and coming power moves ain't for America in the same way. And they wanted the business back to China. So Detroit died before. And then Detroit was resurrected like Lazarus. And now they're gone again because China's making all the money and Detroit looks like a ghost town. So it's the powers that be. It trickles down so much, y'all, that we can even determine what food service industry feeds the prisoners. Because if my buddy has a food service company, I'm going to find a buddy if I'm president. I'm going to find a buddy who has a business to bring lunches to the school. I'm going to find a buddy who brings lunches to the prisons. 
I'm going to find a buddy on the Rifle Association because this is money that's going on, not even money on the commerce. This is pocket moves, power moves. So you can't stand me, but you vote for me because I promise if I get in, you get all the prisons in the United States of America. You can't stand me, but you know that we got a business deal. So you don't care much about my moves. You don't care whether I hate black, white, Puerto Rican. You could care less. As long as I promised your company you can serve lunches in all the mainstream schools in Connecticut, you're going to vote me in. So then you go out and you promote me, 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 because it's about money in your pocket. This is the big moves. Like I said, but we get the bone, and we get caught up on fights about things that they ain't never going to do anything about. America was built by spilt blood. They killed the Indians and they brought in the Negroes. Hello? <laughs> that's, that's, that's America. The, the, the house they promised, the white picket fence. I think we get a whole dog, right? But two and a half kids now. Statistics, you get two and a half kids. It's so crazy in China for us to even do business with them because China, if you have more than two kids, they come to your door and snatch your baby out of your home. And guess what? They sell your baby and the money stays in the government. And America is doing business with China. And making money. You, you watch them, them shows like Vice, Vice News that we watch at night. They have under cover cameras and stuff, the stuff they show on there. Mothers are crying. Mothers are leaving the husband and the other kids and fleeing to the mountains to keep their babies because they're fighting because the government finds out and they snitch on each other because they're scared. So all this is, our money is going over there to support that mess in a state right here in America is like a ghost town. They, they did interviews with those Families in that community in Detroit, they're starving. They have no jobs, y'all. They don't know what to do. They have nothing, no other commerce up there. It's a time for them to get creative. But because they went to school, American school, and was indoctrinated by our American teaching, we took away the mind of being an entrepreneur and we institutionalized them with a manufacturing mindset. Now that manufacturing is gone, they have no other gifts. We train, wait till I finish this lesson today. We train, our minds have been trained so much more than we know. We stopped being creative because they told us you didn't need to be creative. We're gonna make things nice and simple for you where you don't even have to think. They called these people the industrial titans. So these industrial titans, these, these rich guys who come in and wanna get their cars done in record time. So literally, conversations went across some of these power moves tables that went something like this. We need to get people who can handle a job all day long that doesn't require them to think. We don't want thinkers. Thinkers are gonna cause a disruption in our company. We want mindless people. Is, is there any poor towns that y'all have on the map that we can put our factories in so we can hire some mindless people? We want people who are too lazy to think. And we're gonna pay them better than they'll make in a grocery store but we, they can't think, 
Because if they think, they're going to give us problems in the job. And we don't want problem people. Problem people are usually thinkers. So they meet with the powers that be. They, they come in and they meet with the governors. And they come in and they meet with the mayors of diff different districts. And they sit at the table and they discuss us. They came up with such a plan that they were so brilliant, they, de they decided to teach it to kindergartens because statistically, they realized that this industrial revolution would go on for at least the next 30 to 50 years. That was their prognosis. Y'all know they do this, right? I, I try to get y'all to get a six-month plan, a five-year plan, and what is it Steve Jobs and Microsoft have? 500 year vision statements already ran out. They know when Steve Jobs was gonna die, they knew who was going in. They let us wait until the end. They knew who was going in. And they know after this joker who's going in, it's the same thing in Israel with the priesthood. They know who the next priest is gonna be before he dies. It's written out for thousands of years. That's what the Bible talks about is having a inheritance left to your children's children. It doesn't just pertain to natural children because I have an inheritance that's gonna be left to the children that I birth. But there's an inheritance that I'm leaving here. There's inheritance from soul detox that I have to leave. And if, I have a, if I'm a real visionary, I'm gonna have vision laid out where it's gonna go. Crazy as it is, I, 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 I pray I don't, Father, do I or not? Okay. All right. We're not going to do it. He gave me some vision this morning. Blew my mind. A couple he showed me in here. All right. I'm going to do it. Can I do it? No, I can't do it. Okay. Let me get back on my notes so I can stay focused on where he has me at. I can't be out of his will. Joseph told a dream too soon and things just went kind of crazy. <laughs> I just can't afford that right now. I got enough crazy going on. So they go back to the school system. Do y'all remember what year in 19 what? Who said it? Let me see your hands. I want to see my thinkers. Yes, come on. 1929, there was a textbook and it was this big. And it had us prepared by the time we left high school how to have an entrepreneur mindset. But by the time we left high school, how to either take over the family business, how to start your own business. It was never, ever about you're going to be a waitress for the rest of your life and nothing against it. If people love what they love. Some people don't want the responsibility of the overhead and they don't want all that stuff. Hey, God bless you. But there's another group that just feels like I just, I need my mind is just not being used here. You know, as a waitress, you start folding the, the napkins differently. And they're like, we don't do the napkins like that. And just sit the napkin down. But it would add so much style to your company. You need to go open a business. You know how you, you go to somebody's house and they got it nice and all of a sudden you're organizing their sink or their counter. Like, why are you touching my stuff? It would just look a little bit better. There's an organizer business in you. You go to people's house. I talked to a client the other day, and she went to a friend's house, and the, the friend was becoming just almost on a hoarder level, in her opinion. Not talking emotionally, just the physical side. She said she wrote up her sleeves, called her husband, and said, I'm going to be over here for the rest of the day. She couldn't take the business of all the boxes and everything and literally redesigned the house, made phone calls to come get the woman's stuff, and then left a bill and said, just pay me back when you can. 
I looked at her, I said, can we forget your session today and just go into branding? You have a business right there. You just gotta go to the women who, who can afford to pay for it because they're spending their, you cannot be a creative y'all and wanna spend time cleaning your house, cooking all your own meals, taking care of everybody else's stuff and then try to run your own business. It doesn't work like that. If you're gonna be a creative, you, I'll, I'll hook you up in a minute, sir. If you're gonna be a creative, you have to understand, you're, the couples in the back are hollering. You have to understand that your time is more well spent doing this than doing this. I can hire somebody to come over here for $10 or $20 an hour to do this, but over here I'm making $125 an hour. Why am I gonna stop $125 an hour worth to come down and do something that I can get a company, Molly Maids, to come in here to do for $10 an hour? Because we trying to be your superwoman. <laughs> I'm going to help you right now. <laughs> yes, yes, Stefan. I was watching this show last night. I've mentioned it to y'all so many times before. I, I'm not recommending it. It's such foolishness, but sometimes the apostle watches foolish stuff and I still get something out of it. So I'm watching, what is it, Love in Huntsville? Where's Leah? There she go. Is it Love in Huntsville, Marriage in Huntsville? in Huntsville. And I told you about these couples who decided to build real estate. One buys the land, one sells the land, one does credit repair, property development falls in there somewhere, and they work together. Well, one of the marriages is falling apart because he was cheating, so their relationships as a group is falling apart, and now it's affecting the business and how they do business. Amazingly enough, he shared last night, they've been hearing her side, so everybody's been woe is me to her. Well, some of the brothers decided, yo, we're gonna let our friends just go out like this. Like we're friends with both of them, but we're friends to their marriage. So the men decided to take him out by a little campfire and they cooking their little hot dogs on their little fire and they talking, laughing, they talking man trash. Then they, er, they bring in. They said, so man, you really gonna go down with this divorce, man? He was like, man, I don't wanna leave my wife. They said, you called to your wife. Like there's hope, man. You don't have to leave your wife. And he was like, man, it's done, it's over, man. And then she cheated on me and got me back. He's like, man, but you cheated, man. You can't bring in what she did when you set the leadership in the house on how we gonna roll. Come on, man, you called to your wife. So they break him down and they get him talking. So he's, so they're like, man, that doesn't sound right. You, you're wrong, man. They was calling him out, calling him out. And they was like, well, what made you cheat, man? Not that it's ever a good enough reason. What made you cheat? He says, she stopped giving me something. And he said, and she kept stopping. And she kept telling me no. He said, to the point, I was like, okay, you just sleep. Come on, married people. <laughs> you just sleep, baby. <laughs> and it was still a problem. She kept complaining. He said, what we noticed was when we started this reality TV show, before that she had time for me. But when she started working, 
which I didn't have a problem with because we built this brand together. But she still had to take care of the house. She had to take care of the kids. She had to do things for her mother. She had to do things over here. He named all these things. He said, little by little, something got left out. And that something ended up being me. So they basically said to him, we could have solved your problem and saved your marriage if we would have got you a housekeeper, if we would have got a nanny to help out for a few hours, if we would have some, some jobs that people could just come to and leave. Entrepreneurs. Think about the entrepreneur world right now. People are making money walking other people's dogs. It, it, it's so easy to make it right now, but because we've been indoctrinated. So the marriage basically ended. You can see now, because he, he didn't call her all kind of names. He didn't try to fight her mother. I mean, the worst of this man is coming out. He's trying to fight his, his boys, girlfriends, I mean, wives, and the husbands is raised. You ain't going to be fighting my wife. I mean, just showing up. All because he's hurting and he's wrong and the guilt of his wrongness, but nobody took the time to let him shear. He, they said, so you made a bad decision, man. And he said, I made a few bad decisions because now she's pregnant. The girl he cheated with. Right. So it's one thing. I can, I believe I can forgive an affair. But a baby, you might not want to bring it around me. I ain't that mature yet. Go ahead, go for it. Might not want to do it. Might not want to do it. Not, nah. I ain't that Holy Ghost field. <laughs> I just ain't ready for that kind of marriage ministry. Woo! So it kind of changed things in their situation. But the point of it was, we should not watch each other, especially in marriage, getting burned out, doing too many things, and still expecting your spouse to do that when you see that they are on the brink of something that can bless this family, that can be, leave a legacy for our family name, that can give you back some spice. So you, after filming and recording, and now they've got her opening up for OWN and opening up on BET, the, his wife is just blossoming at the cost of what? What profits a man to gain the world but to lose her soul? Marriage is a soul thing. How many single people in here today? Leave your hands up if you're single and want to be married. Look at that. Marriage is a highly desired thing. Right? Especially a good one. <laughs> that would help. <laughs> that would help a lot. So we have to think in our creativeness, if somebody's telling me they're always burned out or one of us is losing our creativity, because you can't think of anything anymore. When, when Bernard said, get ready, baby. I just saw the Connecticut sign. Woo! I answered the phone. I was like... I am having the worst Saturday of my life. And he's calling me, Woo! I just crossed that Connecticut line, baby! I text Bonner, I said, Bonner. He said, I know. 
I said, Lord, I got to get a good attitude for tonight. Because if not, your spouse is going to be the one to get it. He's going to get all He's going to be like, what in the God's green earth? So we got to learn how to lift each other's heavy loads and how to shift and how to move things around. Because in all this entrepreneur teaching, the purpose of being an entrepreneur is so you can be with family. That the fruit of your marriage can be the way God intended it be and not be the last thing on a list that you know anything last on the list. The floor ain't going to get swept the best. The counter not going to get wiped the best. Y'all get my drift. So the purpose isn't to get hungrier and hungrier and hungrier for more and more and more, but to say, I am able to sustain myself or our family without touching the family or the marriage. When we are getting in abundance, we have to look and say, is this God or is this the God of money? Because right now I'm so into what I'm doing and the money that I'm making, my own spouse is irritating me. Remember the love? Because you want to hear from it. You want to check on it. I had a goal to make a certain amount of money, right? That I wanted in the bank. I, I just, I never did it before for that amount. And I wanted to set the goal to get a certain amount of money in the bank. I reached it. I could not believe this year I reached it in the pandemic. I kept checking it. <laughs> Automatic deposit. I kept checking it. And then all you need is a fingerprint. So I'm, I'm in a counseling session, I just fingerprint it. Still there. Still there. Repeat that last line again, I, I was processing something. I was looking at my dollars. Did the IRS get my money? Did they take my money out? Did anybody come and swipe my money out? My, I kept checking it, like three times a day to make sure that it was still there. And then we got to this teaching. And the teacher said, you check on it every day when you love somebody. I ain't called him one time. But I done went to ChaseBank.com and said, all right, all right, you looking good, baby. We look good together. Take a picture with a, 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 a selfie with my Chase app open. At night, turn off the lights. I was excited. And then we got to this teaching. You want to hear from it. I got a notification. Ping. Ah, yes. Yes. Y'all know that sound cash app make? Wherever you at, you just start. I got sunshine. Come on, Booker. Because when you broke, that stuff means even more to you. But we got to this teaching and it started reminding me that when you love something, you want to hear from it. And you get excited when it calls you. You check on it because you're concerned about it. And I was like, Suzanne, you're going to work this stuff out, whatever you got to work out. Because if you excited over a bone, God cannot bless you with what has been promised to you. Because you taught that millionaires get to the point where they don't check their money anymore. It's like air to them. They just breathe. When you have to keep checking it, 
Something ain't right with the heart, baby. It's fear. And it's a poverty mindset that you got to keep checking it. Then all of a sudden I started thinking that I owe somebody money. And I don't mean like a, a connected person. I mean like a big person that could be running entries through the computer chat. Yo, who got a little, little bit of change and you be going through that? Or you know that stimulus about to hit and you want to make sure you get it before they get it. Come on now. Thank you. Thank you, stimulus people. As soon as that stimulus hit, you trying to hit transfer? Transfer? Because child support got this account. Garnishment got this account. Citation got this. Transfer? You got that notification where it notify you three different languages. Money has said, come here, stop. It's a bottle. It's speaking tongues to you. Transfer. Get out of there immediately. Apostle teaching on money right now too. That demon better not show up. Be lying to me. When it comes to us, we have to be comfortable with it where it's a currency that is going to go out and it's going to come back in. It's going to go out, come on y'all, and come back in. This summer when y'all go to the beach and you just rub your feet through that water, just remind yourself it goes out and it comes back in. It goes out and it comes back in. But you've got to begin to train your mind to the thinking that God had intended for us to think like and not the indoctrination that came from the American public school system. In 1929, the book was this big. It taught you how to either take over the family-owned business or start your own family-owned business so that everyone who got out of school had purpose. Anybody ever been in your life and not knowing your purpose? What does that feel like? Dr. Miles Monroe says, do y'all know? I say it every other month. When purpose is unknown, it's the same thing. Abuse is evident. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, you're going to abuse it. So you sit at this thing that you don't like. That's not only making you mentally sick, it's making you physically sick. You don't agree with half of the things that they do in the company. Half of it is not even with your faith, but you have to submit to it because you have to stay in a slave position to a master. And you know you have ideas, you know you have witty inventions, but we have a fear over us. Do you know why we have a fear? Because in our minds, we were told not to do this. We were told to get a job. We were told to work that job. We were told to be honest in that job. We were told to retire on that job. And some people die literally on the job. I'm gonna work my way down to Lego and then I'm done here. So the problem that we're fighting is what has been indoctrinated in our minds, besides the Bible. These guys are called the titans of industries. Titans of industries. And these big power movers approached different states. And this is what they said. They said, I wanna do business with you. And the governor got excited and the mayor got excited. Money for our community. If I can show that I brought money into this community, I'm gonna be reelected because if I get reelected, we all know the process now, right? He said, I need a couple things from you. I need people. He was like, we got people. What's the unemployment rate in your community? Oh, it's high, great, I need people, I got people. We need people who are mind dumb. Mind 
dumb. They reworded it, Booker, and they said, let's call them mind numb. We need mind numb. We need people whose brain has been so massaged that they're already okay with just getting a check and coming home. Can't wait to spend time with the family, but take every extra hour that the job offers them. Like, yes, massa, yes, massa. Please don't take offense to this yet. I'll tell you when to take offense. Don't take offense with it yet, because I'm not coming for your job. We want people who can work in our factories. We're going to bring factories to this state, to this city. And they were like, oh my God, this is amazing. We're gonna provide thousands of jobs. He said, this is what we need. We need them to not want to be thinkers and creative. And we need people who can work from 7.45 in the morning to about 3.45. So about eight to four is what we need. Now, 7.45 to 3.45. Going by this teaching, this is literally when the school hours changed. So the first thing they said was, let's start indoctrinating what you need in the school system. So let's stretch out their days so that they can go to school longer so we can begin to prepare their minds to be in a building for this amount of time. At, at one point, there was no recess. In 1929, they didn't do recess. They went home. They didn't do many arts and crafts. They went home. All of that wasn't brought in the school system because they wanted to give our children a chance to paint and speak Chinese, because that's what Peyton was learning in Avon, Chinese. I wonder why they had her teach and learn in Chinese. Anybody got a clue? <laughs> Teaching her Chinese. He said, they need to learn a bunch of stuff, but I really need you to really make sure they're not thinkers. We need people who can stand all day and just replicate answers to us. We're gonna give them a sheet, and they're gonna just check off how many parts. They're gonna write how many parts were lost. We need them to check off times. We need them to fill in boxes. That's their job all day long. 7.45 to 3.45. They just need to learn to replicate. We're gonna have a conveyor belt in front of them and the belt's gonna do all the heavy lifting. So we went from a seventh grade textbook on how to start a business to now a seventh grade textbook that's this thick with repetition, repetition, repetition. Because they begin to indoctrinate us to think of this over and over and over and over so we can break what was taught previously on being creative and coming out of the book. Now we want you to stick to the book. We want you to keep your focus very simple. Our systems, when we change this, when we indoctrinated our little American children, our systems created little employees instead of little entrepreneurs. So a few of these little employees, they made it out because they were thinkers, so they got kicked out. And they started small businesses that serviced the big manufacturing titans. But because of the indoctrination from our American school system, they started their business but they had the mind still of an employee running a small business. So they stayed small business. So bigger companies were able to come in, wipe them out, buy them out. Kids, if you ever watch kids play, they play as entrepreneurs. Even if they got a cash register. I'm the owner of the grocery store. And then they, they're the owner of the bagging department. They're just owners, they're just bosses over everything. We had to reteach them 
to get this boss mentality out of them. Listen to this. This is so amazing. Vanderbilt University. They followed a graduation class for a few years, 10 years in fact, valedictorians and salutatorians, right? From 10 years, they did statistics on the valedictorians and the salutatorians. And they found some interesting facts. Y'all are not gonna believe this. The first thing they found out was all of the A students ended up working for the B students. Uh-huh, it gets better. Y'all who failed school, dropped out left, I'm coming up your way. <laughs> B students ended up working for C students. And C students managed the companies that the D students owned. Anybody have an idea why? Based on what I'm teaching, what do you surmise was happening here? Creativity. They were failing the textbook because the creativity in their mind couldn't keep them locked into a system that repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated. They couldn't focus. So they said they got ADD because you can't do 10 things 10 times over, over, over. It's not ADD. I need to be creative. You're locking my mind into a sentence that's structured for me to read again and is hidden again in the next chapter and hidden again in the next chapter because you're taking away my creativity genius that God the Father gave me and you're locking me in to your industry mindset so that I could be mind numb and work your conveyor belts and think because they paid factory workers good. Do you remember when factories started opening up here? I was a, a administrative assistant. My sister worked in a factory and made more money than me because they drew them in. But as they went over time, what is it, Enzyme, Big Fur? Come on, y'all know some of these companies around here. She was making crazy money. But she had to get high every day because her mind was just not being used. She was like, I need some creativity. I'm dying, but I can't leave this job because I'm up to $35 an hour now. Ah, when your master is money. The A students worked for the B students. The B students worked for the C students. And the C students managed the companies that the D students owned. Why? Because the odds of becoming a millionaire are higher for D students because you get to be creative when it comes to problem solving. And those that are educated by a system can only be creative within the lines they've colored for you. That's like me. Where's Erica? I'm not an artist. Stand up for a minute and just stand up, sit down. Thank you. So when, when, when somebody wants me to paint in the singles ministry or the married ministry or something, I can't, I look at a white canvas bottom and I'm like, I, I don't see anything. The Lord said, wipe your eyes, what you see now? Nothing. Wipe them another time, what you see now? Nothing. So Erica sketches it out and tells you, make a flower. She'll sketch out a woman or she'll sketch out a vase because she has the creative artistry gift. She has the artesian gift as the Bible calls it. I don't have it. So she has to sketch it out so that I can have a brain to fill in the lines for her. But when it comes to doing soul work, 
I can see inside somebody's soul like I'm sketching it out trying to show you how your thinking is wrong and how to find another thought to replicate the way that you've been thinking your whole life. I can see it. There's areas of creativity. Ebony probably can see within assignments that she's given for her logos and her flyers. Like I, I make a flyer and I have to find one that's made so I can just change the color and look like I did it. And Ebony will put emphasis on it and add people in it. And people ain't like they flying with the sky behind them. And she sits them right and they have the right things around them because she can see without the lines being drawn for her. But when you work for somebody else, the lines are already made for us and we have to color within their lines. That's what they did to us in the educational system. They sketched out a template that they wanted us to follow. They stretched out the hours in the day that we would be in school to prepare us for their mind-numbing factory work. This is where I close at. And this was most exciting. In life, you had to think as a creative and not a textbook. Let's look at logo, Lego, and this is where I close. Lego. You buy Lego for your boys? <laughs> Anybody buy Lego? Anybody know about Lego? Yeah. You see it in the store? Buckets, right? Do y'all see buckets? Yeah. Okay, buckets. Lego used to be booming. Little creatives coming out of school. Mommy and daddy just want Lego for Christmas. Just get me Lego. And you would go into the Lego store and you would see dinosaurs made out of Lego. And people like me would look at it and be like, duh. Guess what happened though? When they made the generational change and they didn't want us to be creatives anymore, Lego went bottom up because nobody was buying buckets of Lego because nobody had a creative mind to build anything that wasn't already built. Right before Lego was going out of business, they called in a consulting company and they said, we're getting ready to go down. We have $100,000 that we can work with with marketing. We've hired marketing companies. We've got the best Lego commercials out there. It's not the branding. People aren't buying it. And they said, well, what's going on with our economy right now? Let's look at our industry right now. What are we teaching in our education systems? So this consulting company, they went and did all this statistic work. And they came back to Lego. And they said, we found something out. Before you close down, give us one more chance. We found something out in our investigative work. We found out that parents treat their kids like little employees and not creatives. So we need to be creative for them. So what, what are we gonna do? Do you know what Lego does now? It's okay, you'll know when I say it. They came up with a Lego kit. So now that little tractor on the commercial, come get the kit. And little Johnny who's not creative and been diagnosed with ADD because he can't sit and read your lines over all day long can make a dinosaur just like a creative can make a tractor just like a creative. He can even pick what color he wants. And if he's able to stay in the lines, we even give him a little directions. Start putting the red on after the green reach this high. Start putting the blue and the black around for the eye once you start getting this high. So Johnny felt wonderful because Johnny thought he created something. 
but he was unable to create anything on his own. He had to follow a template because that was what the American system was setting up to prepare our minds for mind-numbing job. Has anybody come from a mind-numbing job? Anybody? Yeah, they ain't gonna show your job. You ain't gonna be on Facebook and fire it tomorrow when you show up. <laughs> if we're so mind-numbing, leave your pass key and your kick up your last check on the way out past HR. That was already something, already designed, already created. They can see the creative work from the cover before they even picture it. They could see what they were actually going to build. So all they needed to do was follow the instructions, and I'm sure some mom or dad did that for them, because God forbid if our kids had to read on their own, is follow the instructions and anyone can make this. You know what they're saying right there, right? Even a fool could make this. What was that? A factory mindset. They were preparing us for factory mindsets. They were preparing us not to be creative so that they could leave the creativity for the Yale and the Harvard. And that's when schools became important, what schools you put your children in, what school did you come out of, because they knew the level of your teaching it wasn't so much the Yale name. Yale could have really been a school for fools. But what these companies do, they go in and they check out the curriculum. And people are like, well, I don't want to be in the American, I mean, in, the, in the, the regular school system, public school system. I want to be in a magnet school system. What's the difference? The teaching. Am I right, Carmen? So when you come out of these schools and people see this on paper, because they know this stuff has, or we don't know it, but they know all this already. They know the level of creativity that you have. So if I'm looking for a creative person in branding and marketing, I'm not gonna hire from the American school system. Even though you are really sharp, you interviewed well, you showed up well, you're very timely, you came with a great amount of references, everything just turned out perfectly for you. Why didn't you get it? because of the schools you went to. So I need to be at an upper echelon school? I need to be at the Caucasian school? No, you need to be at a school that allowed you to be creative. But I'll tell you what, if you go around the corner over there, they need somebody just filling uh, um, Excel spreadsheets all day. They'll hire you and you'll make the same amount of pay. But we can't use you here because we need people who can think and be creative on their own. Are y'all hearing me? It's not anything that's wrong with you. It's not the school really that you came through. It's the perishing for lack of knowledge to understand that the school system changed because the titans, the giants came in and on purpose needed us not to think anymore. So guess what's going on right now in this pandemic? Creativity. Do you know why? Let me tell you why. Because children in most school systems can't go to school right now. So they had to get creative. They have to figure out now how to work a computer. Ooh, they done messed up now. They had to figure out now how to sign into things. They have to figure out now how to have a conversation with the classroom and then at the same time have a private meeting with the teacher when you finish your work. They have to figure out Google Hangouts. 
Google um, Blackboard. They had to figure out um, Google Docs. They had to pay and she's a whiz. If she stayed in the regular school system without a pandemic, come on, aren't y'all kids whiz now? I got some adults that I counsel and coach and I told them, I said, I'm gonna have you sit with Peyton and I'm not being funny because they don't know anything about Google because they were in a generation, a time when they took that education from you, they took that experience from you because they thought the industrial revolution was gonna last for 50 years and it didn't last because somebody got into office way before these dudes now, sent this stuff over there to China. Now we got a bunch of people with no jobs who can't be creative. I said, when you come in here, Peyton will meet you in the conference room and she would take you through Google Forms Google Docs, Google Hangouts. And Peggy said, sure, no problem. How many of y'all kids can do it too? Come on. Because this pandemic has forced, let me, let me rephrase it since we're in church. Through this pandemic, God <laughs> was able to come through here <laughs> and cause his children his people to not perish for lack of creativity. We are the children of a creative God. Everything about him is creative. Everything about him is expression. Maria said to me on the car ride this morning, she said, Apostle, so God has been dealing with money and currency and offering and having some type of medium of exchange so that we could always do business since the garden? And I was like, well, no, I taught Cain and Abel. She said, but in order to get Eve, Adam had to give up a rib. Ha! Come on, somebody. From the beginning, there has been an exchange of some kind of medium to get something else you want. But if they shut down our thinking, if they shut down our creativity, when the economy falls, we buy into it because we now realize we are living based on their, their economy, their predictions, their prophecies. So when people prophesy to us, we can't buy into the prophecy because we've already been indoctrinated by another God and his prophets. So when CNN comes on, whatever CNN says are my prophets, so I have to follow them. Because I can't trust the prophets of God because they're telling me this too shall pass. They're telling me to keep supporting my church. They're telling us that the gates of hell shall not prevail. They're telling us in a pandemic, still give. God's prophets are telling us, give off your stimulus. God's prophets are telling us, keep the doors of the church open. God's prophets are telling us, sing praises to me from on high. God's prophets are telling us, if we can't get in the building, preach from the parking lot. God's prophets are telling us, bring the speakers and the microphone outside. And anybody who wants me will show up for me. God's prophets aren't saying close the doors. God's prophets aren't saying church is over. God's prophets are saying church as usual creatively. We got to pray for a prophetic move. We got to pray for the prophets of God to arise. We've got to pray for an arising of God's people so that our enemies can be scattered. 
Because every cult, every God, every religion, every God over a nation is waiting to come and take over America. And if you know anything about scripture, this part stays with me forever. I will return to the earth when the praises stop coming up to heaven. I believe, Reverend Bonner, they tried it this time. And I believe they started. Remember I told y'all when we talked about the attack against masculinity, that there's going to be attack against men? And we learned that everything that hits Connecticut starts from California. Do you know everything that hits Connecticut has started from California and is currently? Do you know they came after the California churches and said you will get, first they said no gathering. And then they said, okay, you can gather with so many people, but no praise and worship. Then they said, okay, you can gather with more people, but no praise and worship. So they let half the percentage of, and they have like cathedrals in California. The, half the church is there, but nobody can sing and worship. Finally, a few pastors got together. Jensen Franklin and a few other them. And they got together and they went and they said, we are going to sing unto God a new song. And you're not going to stop us. You can arrest us and somebody in our congregation is going to rise up. And you can arrest them and somebody else in the congregation is going to rise up. Because there is a remnant that is not afraid of your faces and are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They went to the mayor's lawn. They went to the governor's lawn singing songs of Zion on these property owners. Finally, they said, open your churches and sing all you want. They tried it. And if it would have made it through California, it would have made its way slowly up here. We got to be smarter than what the news, they are not our prophets. We have to find out from our prophets, what is God saying? What is God saying about the vaccine? Is it safe? Which one should I get? I told Bernard last night, I said, hey, in the Hartford Current, the electronic mail I got, it says, your age can now go ahead and get the vaccine. I ain't getting nothing. <laughs> he said, yup, I hear you, bro. Stay alive. <laughs> I talked to a good friend of mine. He's a, a chemist. And I, he said to me, I'm just waiting for this vaccine to come out so I can get outside him. 78 years old now, he says, and I'm, I'm afraid to go anywhere. I'm petrified. I said, because you're sitting in the house listening to TV. I said, if you're going to sit in your house out of fear, turn the TV off and see what ministers to you without that TV ministering to you. So he's a chemist. He's a scientist. I said to him, you don't feel funny about this vaccination? He's like, of course I do. I'm 78. I don't have a choice. I'm going to die one way or the other. I'm going to try with the vaccine. I said, I hear you on that note. I said, but from what I learned from working with you in your lab, you always said it takes tests and trials and it takes time to find out the side effects of something. And even though it, has, it hasn't killed any rats and it, the rats who had COVID still alive, we don't know if they're going to turn purple in 13 months. We don't know if they're going to grow other heads when they go to, to give birth to a new generation. We don't know what's going to... You told me, you taught me that science takes time. But because he figures he's 78, he's like, if I go out, I'm going to get COVID and die. 
if I stay in here with fear, I don't have no life. So I might as well get the vaccine and go out. Causing him to go against what he himself has even preached to me. Master or slave, servant or laborer, which one are you? I'm coming against your mindsets. I don't know if y'all can feel it. I don't know if you can recognize it. I'm coming against your mindsets. I'm coming against what has maybe made you feel comfortable, maybe brought you a pretty good salary, maybe gave you luxuries, but most of all, didn't challenge where God wanted you to go. And I'm challenging you to go in that place because money goes out and money comes back in. Money goes out. Come on. One more time. Money goes out. I hear the currency say, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. That's a promise from our God. Which prophets are you going to believe in the season that we are in? Encourage your children to be creatives, y'all. See if you can find a, a bucket of Lego. They said it stopped years ago. Maybe it's back out now. Somebody let me know. Find out if there's buckets of Lego for sale in the stores or it's still just those little kits. Y'all seeing buckets now? Amen. Um, he, he said to tell us that when we go to the malls, don't get caught up in just what we're looking for or the labels. Pay attention to what's being displayed and marketed. You can tell an economy by looking at what they're displaying and what they're marketing. Because they probably already talked 10, 20, 30 years ago about it. And we're just getting to see that market that comes out now. And then that market will go away and there's another one. And if you sit at the right table with the right people, you can be ahead of all this currency that flows out and be a part of it when it flows to you. And that's what we're gonna do. Take the time, again, I wanna encourage you to get the book quit your job or die. It doesn't mean if you don't quit your job, you're going to die. It does not mean that. Let me help some of y'all real superficial, legalistic mindset people. It's a, a quiet conversation that many of us have had on the inside of us that if I don't quit this job, I'm sure enough gonna die. And if that title resonated with you, then you know it's something in there that you need to read and understand. It's biblical economy. Amen? I bless you today. I thank you for your extended time today. I pray the Lord's strength and mercy over you. I intended to do it this week, but the praise and worship team through the Holy Spirit and the musicians shifted the service. But um, Armor Bearers, I want some oil um, for next week, and I want to pray over it specifically in service. And I want to pray a couple scriptures over it so we will have anointed oil for those who believe in entrepreneurship that God is going to start it this year in each entrepreneur's life in Jesus' name. I'm not going to be able to touch y'all or pour it on you. Come on up, Chris. But I'm going to pour it in your hand and you apply it to yourself. But even in the application of that, the scriptures have been prayed over it. And we're going to watch fear go away. We're going to watch creativity come back. We're going to begin to dream again. We're going to have conversations that will be ready for people at the table who can connect us to where we want to go. Some of y'all jobs ain't opening back up. Can I give you this secret? From when I worked in HR, I was a director of HR for years. 
We use times like this to cut the fat too. We get rid of people that we couldn't figure out to get rid of before without a lawsuit. So some of y'all was furloughed and you got your nice stimulus, right? And you just, oh, I'm just waiting for them to open back up. They're not, they're not calling you back. But what the enemy meant for your evil, God is going to use it for your good. I'm asking every creative in here to stand to your feet now. If you are a creative, if you want to be a creative, if you want to be creative again, I want you to get some kind of seed in your hand. Just come out of your seats, bring your offering, go your cash app, do your text to give or whatever it is you, you do, and put in the basket to be creative again, to be creative at another level. I'm sowing God not into any prosperous gospel. I'm not sowing into no oil to lay upon my head. I'm sowing as you have told us to do to keep your church thriving to keep the ministry moving because if I take care of the storehouse you said you would take care of mine every creative is giving now every creative is giving now Corindus Pastor Tangi has a, a big dream to open up houses like you had she went and got a job instead I'm calling her out I asked her to have a lunch with you so you can pour that wisdom and express it. She has Rolodexes full. She has the manuscripts already written. Get off your job. <laughs> I messed her up at breakfast yesterday, y'all. When we was going out the door, I said to her, quit your job, Elder Tangi, or die. And she looked at me. I said, okay, let me fix it. Quit your job, Elder Tangi, and live. But she has to get off that job. She's too tired. She's coming to do the Lord's work. She's already drained. Come on, y'all. She's coming in here and is killing her personality, her creativity, her vibrancy, her joy. We call an end to that assignment called work. And not that you won't work again, but this work that you do will be like a job you've never had before. Because when you do something that God has called you to do, you'll never work a day in your life. We anoint you today. There we go. Come on. Come on. Go ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. If every creative has given, come on, y'all can move. Can we just bless God for a minute for what he's going to do over here? Pastor Tangie's going to open her transitional houses. She's going to own more than one house. She's going to have three houses. She's going to have a house to help women, a house to help men. She's going to help people who are transitioning from jail. She's going to help drug addicts. She's going to help women who are coming out of battered situations. That is the word and the will of the Lord thy God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And while... Y'all working, if y'all need a car. <laughs> this handsome man in the front with the blue suit, not the handsome one with the blue sweater, the handsome man with the blue suit. He can hook you up and get you that car. If you want a car, wave your hand, brother. Hallelujah, because Reverend Bonner has met an apostle. And he's going to have no choice but to have his own car lot if he desires cars. You're not going to work just for Mercedes. You're not going to just be the medium 
of car exchange, you shall have your own car lot. You have too many connections. You have too many people that you know that will support you in anything you can do. Money is all over you, sir. For a biblical economy shall be upon your life. And you can work marketplace ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go higher. We're going to anoint for businesses next week. We're going to call you out of that shy place, that place of fear. We're going to find out how many people want to open the same type of business. And we're going to merge that prayer. And we're going to bombard heaven. And God is going to move on his behalf. Because he desires his children to be creative. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go in peace and be blessed by God. Turn off those world prophets and listen to God's voice. In Jesus' name, amen.